0: We got them. We effing got him. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. You'll see I brought the video back. You know, it's been a minute. I brought the little video back. That could tell y'all uh, how excited I am this morning that Texas brought in the number in the country. When's the last time you could say Texas brought in the number one linebacker in the country? I don't even want to break my heart and do the research. It don't matter. In 2023, Texas will have the best linebacker in the country and Anthony Hill, five-star linebacker out of the state of Texas, out of Denton Ryan. What a huge get for Texas and the staff. So, of course, today's episode will be about Anthony Hill and not only what he brings to the field from a talent perspective, but everybody that deserves credit for bringing in Anthony Hill is going to get credit on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns. And then I want to talk about the 2023 class as a whole, because it is my belief that This 2023 class in conjunction with the 2022 class will be the classes that put Texas back on the map, will put Texas back at the top of the sport in college football and get them back into that blue blood echelon, something we've been chasing for over a decade now at the 40 acres. I know Texas is a blue blood, but we haven't looked like one over the last decade is what I'm saying. So we have to talk about Texas getting the number one linebacker in the country. But some of y'all may have missed it. Texas brought in two linebackers yesterday. Right. Before they brought in Anthony Hill, they brought in another linebacker from the state of California. Last name Sarkeesian. The son of Steve Sarkeesian, Brady Sarkeesian, committed to the University of Texas as a preferred walk on yesterday. Preferred walk on, meaning that he will have a guaranteed roster spot, duh, (laughs) but he'll have to pay for his expenses out of pocket. His dad is the head coach at the University of Texas. So I don't think that'll be an issue either, right? Duh. So congrats to Lil, Sark, Lil Brady Sarkeesian. He has scholarship offers from uh, Arkansas State and Marshall, I believe. But he said, you know, I'm going to come down to the 40 Acres and stunt like my daddy. I'm going to stunt like Steve Sarkeesian, right? So he's going to be at the 40 Acres joining Anthony Hill in the linebacker room, right? How crazy is that to say? We have to give credit to this, tex- this Texas staff for... Not letting up in the recruitment of Anthony Hill. And we hear all the time that you have to recruit through the whistle. We hear it so much that it's become cliche, but it's truer now more than ever. Right. John Garcia just talked about on the last episode how there are no locks no more. Right. Like you have to even if you your commitments. Right. You have to recruit until they sign on the dotted line, like relentlessly. And Texas was relentless in their recruitment for Anthony Hill, even when they lost out on him to Texas A&M earlier this year. They continued to be relentless in their recruitment. When he decommitted from Texas A&M, they ramped up that recruitment, had him on campus, I think, within a week (laughs) of decommitting from Texas A&M. And most people felt like it was a matter of time, but it still kind of drove out over a month because he was at the TCU game on November 12th and then committed on December 15th. And most people thought this would go all the way down to the wire to early signing day. But Texas continued to show Anthony Hill that he was a priority. They continued to sell him being the face of this defense for the future. Right. When Jalen Ford leaves and ultimately he was able to buy into that and commit. And, you know, when you walk in somebody's house like they did last night, because, like I said, there was a lot of speculation that this was going to go down to the wire next Wednesday. But when you walk in somebody's house like the Avengers with Steve Sarkeesian, Jeff Cho, Pete Kakowski, Terry Joseph, and it was two other coaches, I wouldn't be surprised if they asked the players to come with. They walked in his house like the mob. <laughs> right. And so. It's dope. You know, I see why he committed on the spot. We ain't even got to take this thing out to next Wednesday. We could do it right now. Right. And so, like I said, they were relentless in their recruitment from start to finish for Anthony Hill. And that's a big reason why Anthony Hill is committed to the University of Texas less than a week before National Signing Day. So they executed their plan recruitment wise and it worked. And that's why the number one linebacker in the country is a part of this 2023 class for the Texas Longhorns. And I want to give the coaching staff credit in another regard. And that's putting a product on the field that you can sell to great defensive players, great defensive commits and recruits. Because in the past, what you may have been able to say was, you could come to the University of Texas and be great individually. But there really was no track record of being part of a great defensive unit. And in 2021, when you have the 100th ranked defense in the country, how do you sell that? Like you could sell, you could come in here and change it, right? But... That's not really a huge selling point. These players want to know, I'm going to come in, I'm going to get developed, I'm going to be great defensively, and then I'm going to go to the National Football League. Well, Texas didn't have any draft picks in 2022. So you couldn't sell being part of a great defensive unit, and you couldn't sell getting to the league, although that's probably more on the previous staff than Pete Kikowski and Steve Sarkeesian. You still couldn't sell that because you had no tangible evidence of it. But now when you see the development on the defensive side, you see the development of guys like Keandre Coburn, uh, uh, Teandre, Teandre Sweat. You see, Baron Sorrell took a huge jump this year. Jalen Ford went from a three star. And even though he showed flashes last year, we didn't know what to expect, right? In his first year, he played like an All American this year and was robbed a Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. You saw development at every position on the defensive side. You even saw true freshmen come in and hold their own, like Ethan Burke and the limited snaps he got. Justin Finkley was really good this year. Uh, And Jalen Gilbo and Terrence Brooks were really good this year when they needed to come in and spot duty as well. Terrence Brooks started a few games and more than held his own as well. So you can sell that, right? And then the product that they put on the field, right? They went from a 100 defense to a top 30 to 50 defense in all metrics, right? Something that we had seen previously at Boise State and Washington under Pete Gakowski. So now you can sell to your in-state prospects, your Anthony Hills, your Malik Muhammad, your Colton Vasics, You can stay in-state, come to the University of Texas, and not only be great individually on the defensive side, you can be a part of a great defensive unit that I believe is only going to continue to get better, especially if you're bringing back players like Tavondre Sweat, Jalen Ford, Ryan Watts, and Jade Barron for another year. That's scary. But then, not only in state, you could sell that to the out of state players. Because a Leona LaFoul in Hawaii, you could say, come to the University of Texas and be great defensively. A Derek Williams in Louisiana, you could come to the University of Texas and be great defensively. A Sadir Mitchell in New Jersey, you could come to the University of Texas and be great defensively. And I think that's why this 2023 class, not only offensively, but defensively, is shaping up to hopefully change the trajectory of Texas football or continue the trajectory it's on now and get them back into that top, you know, of the sport level that the university of Texas should be on really. There's no excuse for that. So um, you have to give credit to the Texas staff recruiting wise for relentlessly recruiting Anthony Hill through the whistle, which they'll continue to do. So next Wednesday until he signs on the dotted line, and you have to give credit for the Texas staff, especially the Texas defensive staff for putting a product on the field that uh, you know, potential recruits and commits can believe in, you got to give credit to the players for executing that plan, showing, you know, these Anthony Hills and Shadir Mitchells, Leon O'Fowles, Samadji Bros, et cetera, et cetera, Malik Mohammed's you could come be great at the University of Texas defensively, not only individually, but as a unit, as you saw last year. Anthony Hill as a player, is one of the best players in the country, period, but definitely the best linebacker in the country. And I think the biggest thing that stands out, it's just, one, his athleticism. I think now, at, at this point, you have to be athletic, right, especially at that position because you're asked to do so much. But, two, he's your true quarterback of the defense, Right. And I think to get to where Texas is trying to go, conference championships, national championships, you need that quarterback of the defense at the linebacker position. And they were able to get that in Anthony Hill, somebody who has exceptional football IQ, somebody who is exceptional at diagnosing the play, somebody who is always around the ball. Right. And that's something really good. Somebody like Jalen Ford this year. Right. That's he was always around the ball, interceptions, fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, tackles for loss and then over 100 tackles. Right with him not having a tackle in the first game, he had over hundred tackles in 11 games outside of being the quarterback of the defense, having great football IQ and being able to diagnose to play really well. We saw last year that Texas was almost borderline dominant, right? Stopping the run game in most of their games. That's what Anthony Hill does best. My bad. <laughs> That's what Anthony Hill does best, right? Being able to come downhill, Field gaps and stop the inside run game, but also having the athleticism to go sideline to sideline and stop your outside zone, your wide zone running game. So he's somebody that's going to, you know, come downhill, stop the run game, prevent, you know, these these 20, 30 yard runs or, or runs getting past him. He's able to shed blocks and get to the ball carrier fast. If he gets his hands on you, chances are he's going to bring you down. Right. You don't see a lot of missed tackles in terms of Anthony Hill, period. Right. And so he's just an all around linebacker. That does a lot of really things, a lot of things at an elite level. All right. And from a coverage standpoint, I think that he can improve in that regard. But I did see improvement in his senior season in that regard. John Garcia, director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated, came on this season. Uh came on this season and said that he saw improvement from Anthony Hill in that regard as well. And you know, it's tough to be a linebacker these days, the way these tight ends and and running backs look coming out of the backfield, right? And so there are even at times this year where Jalen Ford struggling in coverage as, as good as he was. And like I said, he should have been Big 12 defensive player of the year and played like an All-American, right? And so Anthony Hill is an amazing linebacker. He has all the athletic ability to be great in coverage. And I think he's good in coverage right now. I just think that's somewhere he can improve. But overall, he's the best linebacker in the country for a reason. It's somebody that's going to enroll early in January. And by next September, he's likely going to be starting next to uh, Jalen Ford. He's that good of a player. And this is just such a huge recruitment. A win for the University of Texas. And it's funny because, you know, they say recruiting is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the weak. Right. And I remember when Texas lost out on Anthony Hill to A&M and lost out on Colton Vasic to Oklahoma, their two biggest rivals. I came on here and talked about how bad of a look it was to lose both of those players and how Texas would not be able to achieve their goals if they didn't start bringing in those priority prospects at the linebacker position and the edge positions, something we haven't seen really in recent memory, I think the last top 100 player they had brought in from the linebacker or edge positions was Alfred Collins in 2020, right? And even Alfred Collins, we haven't seen the potential that we thought we would see from Alfred Collins thus far. But I made a video saying how big of a loss Colton Bassett and Anthony Hill were to your two biggest rivals. And now both are committed to the University of Texas with less than a week to go. into early signing day. And I have no indication that either of them does not plan to sign for the University of Texas on early signing day. They say God laughs at you when you make plans. I guess God was laughing at me because Anthony Hill is committed to the 40 acres. Quick word from Bet Online and the Longhorn Real Estate team. And then we're going to talk about this 2023 class as a whole. And a great article I saw that really talks about the impact that this 2023 class can have on this Texas football team. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, please visit Dwell in Austin and Hill Country Mortgages at www.longhornrealestateteam.com because Dwelling Austin and Hill Country Mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn Real Estate Team. And in a changing, more complex market, you need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions makes us able to achieve the best results for our clients. And our clients for years have outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research information and expertise, which is now more important than ever. For all your real estate needs in the Austin area, please visit www.longhornrealestateteam.com. Hill Country Mortgages, LLC, NMLS, 2324262, Jonathan Sarver, NMLS, 993872, Equal Housing Opportunity. I know we take this for granted sometimes because Texas has always been able to recruit really well, but I don't think we should understate or take for granted that right now Texas has the number three recruiting class in the country behind Georgia and Alabama. Who are your last two national champions? Texas has the number three class in the country. Behind the last two national champions in Georgia and Alabama. You compare Georgia and Alabama's recent success to Texas' recent success. And Texas probably shouldn't be number three in recruiting. So I don't think we can understate or just kind of brush that off. I know we've had great recruiting classes in the past, but I still think that's a hell of an accomplishment. And this recruiting class is stacked. Out of 22 players, I went through it earlier. I mean, I could really see 15 to 16 players having a huge impact on this team over the next three or four years. I think they've done a great job of getting – such good high end talent. Like I said, you have the number one quarterback, number one running back, and number one linebacker in the country. Malik Muhammad. A lot of people believe he might be the best corner in the country, but he's definitely one of the two, three best. You know, Jonte Cook is one of the best uh, receivers in the nation. I think Sadir Mitchell was one of the best nose tackles in the country. You know, and then you got you know some really good offensive linemen, and then you have some really good prospects to work with, right? You got Samaje Barrell and Leona LaFaule at the linebacker positions. There's just so many players in this recruiting class that I think will have a huge impact on the Forty Acres. That's why I think. This 2023 recruiting class, in addition to the 2022 recruiting class, will put Texas back on the top of the sport. Ian Boyd inside Texas, he does a really good job, period. I love Ian Boyd. And he had an article on the five best scheme fits in the 2023 recruiting class for the University of Texas. And I I love every player in this class, but I think he did a really good job of illustrating these five players and the impact they have, they can have on the 40 acres. Now, I think he did this before Anthony Hill committed. So it'd be interesting to see if Anthony Hill would have been one of the five, probably most likely. But these were the five players he highlighted. And I think he did a really good job of highlighting what they bring to the table and the impact they can have on the 40 acres. The first one is probably, I think, the most underrated player in this class, right? And we don't talk about him because he's not, you know, the, the five-star top of the class, and he's not, you know, I guess doesn't have a huge presence on social media or huge personality or anything like that. But Sadir Mitchell, right, and, and he talked about, Ian Boyd talked about in Texas' 2-4-5 defense, right? You need those, you know, those big boys up front. We saw that, you know, fill that role this year, right, with Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat, and Sadir Mitchell fits that type of build, right? He's been compared to Jordan Davis a lot, and there's no secret why Georgia and Kirby Smart who have had outstanding defenses over the last few years were so in on Sadir Mitchell. He was a Georgia lean at one point and Texas was able to, you know, get him to commit to the University of Texas because he's that big space eater up front that's going to occupy blocks, muddy everything up there in the run game, but keep your linebackers and Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill, you know, Samad Barrell, Burrell, Leona LaFowle free to get to the ball carrier, right? He's going to give that that defensive line troubles. But then he's also been compared to Jordan Davis because of the huge size, right? He's 340 plus. But when you watch them play, neither one of them should be able to move the way that they're able to move, right? And so I think Sadir Mitchell comes in and he fits that Tavandre Sweden, Keandre Corbron role, right? Where he could come in and he makes just everything so difficult in the run game because he could take on two blocks at a time. But he also has, you know, some sneaky movement ability that's gonna make him effective as a pass rusher as well. So Like I said, we saw the impact that, you know, the big D tackles had on this defense, taking them from a top 100 defense to a top 50 defense, one of the best defenses in the Big 12 and one of the best run defenses in the country. And I think Sadir Mitchell just kind of follows up after them and continues that. The next player he talked about was Anthony Hill, right? I mean, not Anthony Hill, (laughs) excuse me, Jonte Cook. And Jonte Cook is your kind of prototypical number one receiver in Sark system. We saw um well he had a million number one receivers at at you know alabama but your Devonte smith guy right your xavier guy right even a you know kind of a, a Jalen waddle or you know a henry ruggs a jerry judy right there's some different skill sets there but he's your prototypical number one receiver in sark system right kind of you know a little bit of a smaller receiver you know i mean about six six foot six one he's not huge right but he's your fast you know kind of shifty guys really quick a great route runner um, he's really polished in his routes and somebody that can just get open and make plays. And I think he has the personality of a number one wide receiver, too, similar to Xavier Worthy, where there's some fire there. Right. There's some some passion there. like Coach Marion says, like, you know, Xavier Worthy wants to be great. Right. And nobody works harder than Xavier Worthy. Right. And so that's why he gets frustrated when things don't go his way, because he knows what he can bring to the table. And I think there's some, you know, some of that Jonte Cook. He's a trash talker. Right. He's going to be out there making plays on people and letting them know about it. Right. Like I say, he's just a prototypical number one receiver in Sark's system, and he has the personality of of a number one receiver. And with Texas not, especially recently, having a huge track record of bringing in top receivers and then being able to produce, you know, top receivers, I don't think Texas has had a first-round pick on offense since Vince Young, right, (laughs) which is crazy. And so you're hoping that Jonte Cook can come in and not only be that type of player to get Texas to where they're trying to go, but that only benefits you moving forward in wide receiver recruitment. When you can say we now have a tangible example of this staff and Xavier Worthy might be that example of bringing in a top receiver in the country, him playing like a top receiver in the country, and then him getting drafted to the national football league, like a top receiver in the country. Jonte Cook has the potential to do that. And like I said, if Texas wants to get to conference championships and you know, they should be in the playoffs with the 12 team. But, you know, really compete for national championships over the next three to four years. Jontae Cook is going to be a big part of that. Leona Lafau, he mentioned as one of the best fits in this draft class. And it's because they pass the ball so much in Hawaii. Right. Typically, we see with a lot of high schools. They just run, 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 run. We see more passing now, but there's still a lot of high schools. It's three yard in a cloud of dust of football. Well, not in Hawaii. Right. They really have leaned into the spread passing concepts. And we know as a linebacker, not only do you have to be great in the run game, great with football IQ, but now you have to be great in coverage as well, you know, to be a three down linebacker. And as great as Anthony Hill and Samaje Burrill are, Leona LaFowle might be our best coverage linebacker in this class. And so Ian Boyd uh, talked about some really good examples of how he is very proficient in being able to drop into his zones and, and diagnose the ball. Right. He looks like a safety at times being able to drop back. You know, read the offense and, and get to where the ball is going. And he's also made a couple of interceptions this year doing just that. And so, um, you know, I just talked about, you know, shout out to Jeff Choke getting a five star linebacker and two four star linebackers in this class, and Leon LaFau, Samajay Burl, and Anthony Hill, players I all think will all have an impact at the University of Texas moving forward at the linebacker position. But Leon LaFau is somebody that I think can come in probably right away and improve your coverage ability at the linebacker position. And that's a premium you know we talk about premiums is linebackers and and uh you know edge rushers but linebackers that can cover that's just as much as a premium and that's something that leona lafowl does really well and so i think he's another underrated player you know in this class being all the way in hawaii kind of being under the radar but somebody that's going to make a lot of plays uh, for this texas football team moving forward cedric baxter right cedric baxter And so we know that this texas team wants to be a power run team and they want to dominate you know, kind of with the, the the inside blocking schemes, right? The inside zone, uh, the power run inside, that's what they want to dominate with. And I think they haven't necessarily been able to reach their full potential with that. One, uh, because the scheme fits, even though B. John Robinson is an amazing running back, right? Like you're, you're going to take B. John Robinson in any scheme, right? But I do think Bijan Robinson was, you know, kind of more of a shifty make you miss than a get down. You know, get downhill inside. You know, zone type of player, right? I think Roshan Johnson might have been a better fit for that, even though Bijan Robinson is the better player. But of course, you don't want to take away what Bijan what makes Bijan Robinson great. And so, I think that that maybe contributed to the inside run game struggling at times. And then also, you just had youth on the interior offensive line, right? You had Jake Majors, uh, a true freshman, in Cole Hudson, and then you know a younger player in Hayden Connor. And I think it took them some time to gel. We saw earlier in the season. The interior offensive line wasn't a strength for the football team. I think they got better at that. And I think B. John Robinson also got better at just getting downhill and hitting the hole, right? We saw him kind of being nervous and a little anxious in the TCU game, in the Kansas game, in the Baylor game. He was not that, right? That's why he broke his personal yardage and touchdown record in the Kansas game. And in the Baylor game, they leaned on him with 22 straight runs between him and Roshan Johnson to end out that game. And so, like I said, I think Roshan Johnson was kind of more of the fit of that get downhill um you know in the inside run game right attack the hole and then when you get to open space you still have the ability to make some people miss or just run by them, or run over them, right I think all three running backs possess all those abilities right Cedric Baxter is that perfect running back for this scheme and I think the offensive line will be better so the power run game will be will be better period and Cedric Baxter is going to add his name to that list of great running backs at the University of Texas because why he doesn't have the, you know, do-do, you know, to make you miss ability of a B. John Robinson. He definitely has that I'm bigger than you, I'm faster than you, and I'm stronger than you. I'm going to get downhill and punish you. And then when I get to the open field, I can, once again, still run by you. I can make you miss, or I can just run over you if I want to. So I think that Cedric Baxter is a prototypical fit for Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian's run game, and I think that's why he's going to etch his name into one of the best running backs at the University of Texas when it's his due time, because he is a perfect fit in that regard and a great job by Ian Boyd and highlighting that. And then when you look at Colton Vasek, right, so Colton Vasek is at a premium position, your edge position. And when you look at it, you know, recently outside of a, you know, a Joseph Osai, Texas hasn't had great success at that position right? developing those players or having those players that were Amongst the best in the nation, even last year, they had to blitz a lot to generate the pass rush. Right. We didn't have that one pass rusher that you could just say, you know, go get him. right. And, and Colton Vasek like has the potential to be that player. One of the best edges in the nation. He already has good size at six, six, right? Six, five, six, six. He's at 220 pounds right now. I think he can get up to 240 to 250, which will help him a lot, especially in the trenches. But I think he has the motor, the pass rushing ability and the ability to stop the run to be an elite edge, especially when you get more weight on him and more development over the next few years. That's why losing him was such a big loss to the University of Oklahoma and then why getting him back was such a big win for the University of Texas, even though he's an Austin kid. Even though he's a legacy, he plays a position that you need to be good at, to be great in college football. And that's the edge position with all of these great quarterbacks and great offenses. If you can't get a pass rush, you're going to lose some games this year. And there were times where when Texas needed it the most, they couldn't get a pass rush. And that's why they lost four games this year. And so I think Colton Bassett, in a few years, we could be looking at him as one of the best edge rushers in the country. Right. Because like I said, he has the potential and the frame to be able to do everything well. And he has the motor right? To, to, to be great and consistently make plays, whether it's stopping, uh, the run, get into the, to the passer, or just being an asset on the defense, right? And, and, and taking pressure off of the other people on the defensive line so they, so that they can make plays. Cause I think eventually Colton Basic will be the type of player that you're going to have to really key on, on the offensive line, right? And that only opens up other opportunities for other players. And it opens up opportunities for P. to get, you know, exotic with those blitz packages, like we saw this year at times. So, um, those are five players that they've mentioned: Leona LaFaul, John T. Cook, Sadir Mitchell, uh, Colton Basik. Who am I missing? And Cedric Baxter, <laughs> that are gonna have a huge impact on uh, you know, the University of Texas and are great scheme fits for what Texas already does. But then, you know, you still got Arch Manning, Derek Williams, uh Anthony Hill, uh, Malik Muhammad, you know, like I said, uh Samajay Burrell, right? Like this recruiting class, Ryan Niblett, right? And if you can bring in a DeAndre Moore, the receiver room is stacked in this recruiting class. It's hard to find a group of three better receivers than Ryan Niblett, DeAndre Moore, and Jontae Cook. So this recruiting class is just absolutely stacked. And I wholeheartedly believe that this 2023 class, along with the 2022 class, kind of similar to the 2018 and 2019 classes for the University of Georgia, will be the classes that put Texas back at the top of college football where they belong. Hook them. And peace.